Hey, this is Brian Michael Bendis, the co-creator of Miles Morales, Ray Williams, Jessica Jones, and the Jinx World Line, and you are listening to the Oblivion Bar Podcast. Welcome to the Oblivion Bar Podcast with your host, Chris Hacker and Aaron Knowles. Welcome to the Oblivion Bar Podcast. I am Chris Hacker, one of your co-hosts here, and joining me this week, as he does every single week, my BFF, Aaron Knowles. Hello, Aaron. What's up, Chris? Oh, not too much. And uh, Aaron, we should tell the people right off the bat that we have done nine interviews in a row, and I'm tired. I am tired. You know know what happens when we don't, when we do interviews? Hmm. Nothing else. (laughs) That is the show. That's the show. There's nothing else. We can't do Chris's Corner. We can't do Aaron's Arcade. We can't do News and Notes, which... For everyone who has clicked on this episode, probably knows this week on the Oblivion Bar podcast, we are bringing back, uh, well, actually not bringing back, we are introducing our brand new segment called News of Palooza 2023, Aaron. Uh, click, hello. Ring. Oh, hey, Chris. Hey, Aaron, what's up, man? Not too much. I, I had uh, some some calls earlier, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. just a bunch of our, our friends and fans asking where the fuck the notes are. Where's the news? <laughs> Where's that news and notes, click. bro? <laughs> Well, no fear, everybody, because this week on the Oblivion Bar podcast, we are just doing news on news on news, news and notes, not just news, but some notes as well. News of Palooza. That news of Palooza. And Aaron, I want to give you credit here live on the show. That was actually Aaron's idea of a title. So if you love it, all credit goes to him. If you hate it, don't send us an angry tweet or X, whatever they're being called right now. X tweet. X tweet. Yeah. What, are, what, are, what are they actually calling? I actually, Do I honestly know? don't know, but feel free to tag me in any hate mail that you want to send out on the Twitter verse or on the, yeah. on the, the grams. Cause it bumps us on the algorithm. Yeah. Bitches love no the matter gram. what. Um, <laughs> so hit me up, hit me up at yeah. better actions. Hashtag. I hate your fucking title. <laughs> Aaron, uh, let's talk to the people who actually want to support the show. Tell the people how they can support. Everybody wants to support the show. Not everybody needs to do it with money, but if you do want to do it with money, guess what? There's a way patreon.com forward slash oblivion bar pod. And that's honestly the best way to support the show or really any artist that you want to support is through their Patreon because everybody's frigging got one these days. And this show is no different. Okay. For your contribution and support, on the patreons uh you'll get access to the grid which chris as you know very very well is our patreon exclusive weekly bonus episode so if you kind of like how we're doing this riffing back and forth you know some real rippers going this episode but it's kind of almost like a long grid episode. yeah exactly it's really and it's going to be fun it's going to be fantastic it's going to be fun tabulous and sexy sex oh god so sexy um so sexy but yeah you get access to the to the the grid, which if mm-hmm. you know we we know we love Tron, so we named it the grid. It's our it's our it's our our ball pit. It's our sand yeah. sand pit. It's our playground. Uh, you get access to each. I'm saying uh, a lot, aren't I? A little bit. I'm, I'm noticing that. <laughs> Let me stop that Aaron, right now. Aaron's a little rusty. He's a little rusty. Actually, I'm a little rusty. But remember, we haven't been here in a while. We haven't done this type of episode in like four months. We've been so by you know, by the books, trans pay attention to transcript, Aaron. Yeah. Got to, you got to ask those questions, yes. right? You know what? It feels like a new pair of underwear. Yeah. At first, at it. first it's a little tight, right? Yeah. At first it's kind of weird. Yeah. And then it becomes a part of you. That's why I wear thongs. That's immediately a part of you. Yeah. 
Anyways, it's in me. You also not only do you get access to the grid, you get access to episode transcripts. Yep. Early access to all of our episodes, anyways, and you get a mm-hmm. special shout out at the end of each Oblivion Bar episode, like you'll hear me do at the end of this episode specifically. I don't know how many times I've said episode in the last you know few minutes, but episode, episode, episode. <laughs> it's the best way to support the show creators, your favorite people on the planet, which happen to be mm-hmm. the hosts of the Oblivion Bar podcast. You can now also link and listen to Patreon exclusive content on Spotify. Spotify and Patreon had like a very good date night where yeah. Spotify was like, hey, did you order the expensive steak? And <laughs> Patreon was like, well, yes, I did. But that doesn't equal consent. But you know right. what? Let's merge. And so basically now you can you know, check the banner on Spotify and you can just subscribe and you can listen to our Spotify and our Patreon episodes on the same platform. Is that amazing, Chris? Yeah. It's incredible. And it was a bitch to set up. Yes. <laughs> so I'm so glad that they did it. It's really cool. But for all you pay for all the podcasting friends out there, uh, it's a process. I'll just say that. Patreon.com forward slash oblivion bar pod. Do it. All right, Aaron. Let's go ahead and get into this news of Palooza 2023. News and notes. Alrighty, our news and notes segment is sponsored by Whatnot. Whether you're looking to buy or sell comics, Funko Pops, trading cards, or even shoes, Whatnot has you covered. You can download Whatnot on any iOS or Android device. And please use our referral link in our show notes to get $15 upon sign up. 15 free dollars. That's 15 free dollars. Just do it. Go to the show notes right now. Check it out. Use our link. Whatnot, buy, sell, go live. And as we were talking about before this whole segment here, obviously we have not done news and notes for a long time, Aaron. Uh, We're going on what seems like a millennia yes. since we actually did any news or notes. We missed you a long time. Uh, absolutely. That's offensive. Uh, and... I didn't realize that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you don't come to the Oblivion Bar for proper grammar, for don't normal seas. No, don't cancel Aaron. He was, he was, so he was stationed in Korea. So it's fine. Right. It's totally fine. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. You have Korean friends. You can't, dude, you can't say that. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, and also on a more serious note, if you want to support the ongoing strike, which is also why we haven't done a lot of news and notes is because we haven't done a lot of normal episodes. We haven't done movie reviews. We haven't done television series reviews, anything, because we are supporting the SAG-AFRA members, the WGA, everyone. We are standing in solidarity yes. with them. IATSE, SAG-AFTRA, the Writers Guild. There's so many people that are supporting us. I was actually at a rally yesterday with my wife, uh, who is a SAG after a member, and it was honestly an amazing experience to see the city of Nashville and all of its, you know, SAG after workers, its IATSE, all its writers, its singers, its its voice actors. Like everybody came together. The mayor was there, or the interim mayor. It, it was honestly like just an emotional, amazing experience for that and i'm gonna post that chris is gonna add the the link to support sag aftra and all those into the show notes so make sure you go over mm-hmm. there if you buy a shirt stand with you know stand with uh, sag aftra i mean it's I, i'm just gonna to to go on a little bit it's really important if i if we say one thing that's like new news and notes it's that right there if you are a fan of movies just like chris if you're a fan of streaming services if you're a fan of watching if you're just Honestly, this affects all content across the board. And if you are paying attention like Chris is, like I am, to AI, to content creation. I mean, hell, look at 
the secret secret evasion like in that intro you know there was actually a that piece of shit there was another <laughs> there was another company i want to say or, or no actually it was a, it might have been a, a publishing house where mm-hmm. an artist actually got got well the art the the, the publishing house uh issued a, a an apology because some of the art in one of the books that this guy created was ai created so mm-hmm. this is affecting everything across the board. And what they're trying to do, what the streaming services, what the movie content studios and all those are trying to do is they're trying to basically tell these actors, these voice actors, that they're going to record your their likeness and then they're going to use an AI version of them and they don't owe them any money. Yeah, it's all about residuals. It's all what, the, and, yeah. what the actors and people are owed, essentially. Yeah, and, and this isn't a hobby for people. This, right. Like acting is not a hobby. These people do it for full-time jobs. They do it to put food on their table. They do it because it's a passion. Think about anything that you're passionate about, anything you could potentially make money off, and then rip every single penny out of that and think about how much, you know, that's going to affect you in your life. Like, that's an important thing. So, mm-hmm. again, you know, we'll, we'll we'll move on. But I just want to say, like, if you can, that is a great cause to support, you know. We had a very – it was kind of a shorter conversation at San Diego Comic-Con, but it was a very intense one where we talked about the importance of this and you, I, I will give you full credit that you were the one that was very much immediately like, we should just stop doing any reviews until this thing is settled. And we hope it gets settled here soon. Like we, we genuinely, I, and I, I want it, I want it to be settled in a sense that everyone is better off specifically the people who are currently on the bottom looking up, right? The, the studios are doing just fine, obviously. And I think that the moment that this gets settled, we will happily go back to movie reviews and television reviews and all yeah, the things. It was, but until then, it was not an easy choice. Like, you know, man, like I love talking about movies. I love commenting on trailers. I love, sh- I share, you know, I, I, we share trailers all the time. And yeah. that's one thing that's like, it's such a different step, you know, that, that either of us is doing is mm-hmm. we're not sharing I- anything like, you know, we're not talking about a lot of the stuff that is coming out because it is, it is driven by, you know, big Hollywood and these big corporations. And it's funny. It's absolutely hilarious. And also such a, such a, a hypocritical stance is if you watched the first episode of the most recent season of black mirror, mm-hmm. it's exactly about this bullshit. Yeah. It's exactly yeah, it's, about it. And it's so, what's his name? The guy who created black mirror, Charlie something. Yeah, it's the, it's the episode with Annie Murphy. It's the episode with yeah. uh what's her name um Salma Hayek? Salma Hayek yeah it's like Joan is awful <laughs> Joan is awful exactly and it's yeah. go watch Charlie Brooke is his name I mean I don't say you know I I wouldn't say go like stream everybody still got streaming I mean uh, there's quite a few people who canceled the streaming service if you still have it you know feel free go watch Joan is awful and then when you after you watch Joan is awful like that is a big smack in the face to anybody that is actually striking right now because they literally released this episode and then, and then come on now. Started striking within weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well, uh, like we said, all of, you know, we're going to have that in the show notes. So if you want to support the WGA, the SAG AFRA, AFRA, all the things like it is going to be in the show notes. So, uh, we're going to just do news Palooza, like we said, and, uh, we'll start off here. Hugh Jackman dons classic Wolverine. Co- oh, I should also quickly go back. Huge Jackman. <laughs> During this news and notes segment, we are basically going to try to cover all the things that we've missed, or at least some of the bigger topics that we've missed over the last couple of months. Some of this news is going to be a little bit older, but we wanted to like give ourselves an opportunity to talk about it because again, we haven't done news and notes in so long. So we'll Hugh make Jackman it fun. Don's, we'll make it fun. Yeah, we we're going to make it fun. It'll be conversational. This is going to be really laid back. You might learn something. Aaron, let your hair down. 
whatever, you know, just kind of lean back. It's so enjoy long. yourself. Can you see it? <laughs> you got some. Yeah, actually, I'm growing my hair out too. You can't see it right now, but I, I definitely am. So uh, Hugh Jackman dons classic Wolverine comic book suit in Deadpool 3 behind the scenes stills. So Hugh Jackman promised fans that his return as Wolverine in the upcoming Deadpool 3 would not screw with the perfect finale we received back in 2017 uh, with Logan. It appears that Jackman was telling the truth as the first look at Deadpool 3 shared on Jackman and co-star Ryan Reynolds' Instagram finds Wolverine sporting his classic yellow and blue costume from the comic books. And it appears that this iteration of Wolverine that Jackman previous, previously played is not the same as we saw on Logan. This is going to be a, a version from before, uh, we're guessing, right? Um, it was also confirmed, kind of like on a side note, that Jennifer Gardner will actually appear as Elektra, reprising her role. <laughs> you can't see Aaron right now, everybody, but he is uh, rolling his eyes and dying all at the same time. <laughs> uh, obviously, she was Elektra in the 2003 Ben Affleck-led Daredevil film. <laughs> and she also starred in the pretty terrible 2005 spinoff movie of the same name that was nearly 20 years ago. <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, before we move on here, what was your reaction to seeing, what did you call him? Hugh Jack, huge Hugh Jackman, huge Yakman, huge Yakman. What were, what were your thoughts of him of seeing him in this uh, Wolverine? Suit? I love it. I mean, we've been wanting this since we saw a deleted scene years ago with, yep. you know, the 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 helmet and you know this. I, would you call it a helmet or a cowl? It's like a yeah, cowl. it's kind of yeah, it's kind of both. A yeah, little bit, but yeah, more mostly cowl probably. So you know, we saw that years ago in like a deleted scene slash. I think it was like an end credit scene. I I think actually it was deleted. Anyway, it was a deleted scene from the uh, Wolverine Origins. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. All I'm yeah. asking, this is all I'm asking, just get rid of everything that had to do with the Dark Phoenix. <laughs> I so everything. I've heard that this is a this is a thing. What the, what Deadpool and Wolverine are doing is going around to these other universes, the Fox universe yes. specifically, and doing some type of version of Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. This is what I'm which, hoping. Okay, we're gonna have we're gonna have a moment of disagreement here because I do not like that idea whatsoever. And this is coming from someone who is not a giant fan of the Fox universe. Like there are obviously some gems in there, but for the most part, I think we can all agree that the the Fox universe kind of died a low stakes, kind of unknowingly death. Like it just, you know, like you said, Dark Phoenix happened. We were all kind of like, okay, well that makes sense. Like this this universe should have died a long time ago, but. Uh, I don't love the idea of doing what they did in Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness, where they just kill these characters kind of in a very grotesque way, like they aren't real people and they haven't real lived real lives kind of thing. Chris, I don't know. What are your I'm thoughts? I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. Even though ahead. you're about to just hand it off to me anyways. I'm going to interrupt yeah. you. That was yeah. my choice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been charged. <laughs> I did this. I did this. Sure, 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 sure. Um, did you not like the scene in the first... No, second Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Was it the second Deadpool when he took uh, Cable's like time traveling thing and went and you know basically was like time jumping and killing all the different versions of himself? Yeah, I think that was pretty funny. Thank you. That's what this is gonna be. It's gonna be a, a whole movie of him writing the past. So, do you want to see him kill Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, James Marsden? Yes. You want to see all of them? All Halle Berry? Yes. All of them. All of them. Yikes. I don't want to see any of I want to see a slaughter fest, especially Halle Berry, for what she did to Catwoman. Okay? Well, she's a pretty good storm, right? She was okay. She was a... <laughs> Do you know what happens with a frog in a thunderstorm? 
Listen, we gotta we have to add some context. Well, I mean, X Men came out and was it two thousand one? This movie, this was one of the very first. It's two thousand. One of the very first comic book movies. They were so afraid to just go full comic book at that time. So I think it's pretty good. All I, things considered, I'm okay. I'm not gonna cover anything up. I genuinely enjoyed them. Of course I did. Of course I did. But I, I love the scene with uh with with Logan and Cyclops where he's like. Hey, hey, it's me. Prove it. You're a dick. Okay. <laughs> okay, fair point. Good job. But right. that's the thing is, huge, huge Yakman has been... Huge Yakman? Huge Yakman has been the drawing <laughs> for those movies. Like It was all right. him. He His back. He has the most ripped back muscles of anybody in the Fox Marvel Universe... Because right. of how much he carried those films, let him go back and and take out. Because you know what? Maybe they're gonna do like a very like different versions of him, and they're gonna do like the full animalistic version. They're gonna do like bone claw version. Bone saws ready, you know? Like they're gonna do all this <laughs> stuff. Bone claw remind me of bone. Saw. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. Um, playtime. so I'm just excited for what this could be, and and the fact that I just don't think. That Ryan Reynolds can do really any wrong with this. Yeah. And he's not, you know, he's like the Henry Cavill of Deadpool. In what sense? Like, he gives a shit. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, well, I, I think that he's also perfectly cast. We all knew this. Like, the moment that he came out as Deadpool, of course, we we're all like, good. And then he's only just killed it since then. So I, I agree. I think that every, both the Deadpool movies and everything that, that Ryan Reynolds has done, not only with the films, but with the marketing, has all really worked for yes. me. I am not sick of him yet. But I think it's because we've gotten so little of him. I just really hope that the MCU doesn't beat Deadpool to death and just like oversaturize him in the universe like they did in the comics. Because comic readers will know that when Deadpool really started to take off in the mid 2000s, he was in everything and he became very insufferable very quickly. So I'm just kind of nervous about that. And to kind of speak on what you were saying in terms of like being very excited for this and you can't you you can't wait to get more of it. Uh, Deadpool 3 actually was recently moved up in Disney's release schedule from November 8th, 2023 to May 3rd. It actually wasn't moved up. It was moved back to May 3rd, 2024, uh, as a number of the other MCU titles and most of Hollywood saw their dates pushed back because of the WGA and SAG strikes. So that which makes is, sense. Which is good. It could be a blessing in disguise. So, I mean. Yeah, I think every delay is a great thing. Yeah. I will wait longer for a good, good thing, right? Exactly. If anything, for everyone that you know, hasn't gone back and listened to our review of the flash anytime that <laughs> they rush a, a certain aspect of a film, it doesn't go well. And, and actually you could probably well, honestly do a lot with, with that, with the MCU as well. Well, how, how long was the flash in development? Hell. And that was, well, that's true. They're the other, they're the other aspect. Yeah. Of it. Yes. There's always, there's always an exception to the rule, but next right. up we got Apple buying the Walt Disney company is actually apparently a real possibility. Yikes. A real a possibility. Real. According to, to analysts or as some people, analysts, as some people analysts, like to, yeah. to pronounce it, uh, what the world does. Anals with a list. Yes. Uh, you do anal with a list. Sorry. <laughs> we get it. We get it. All right. We get it. Nailed it. Uh, what the world desperately needs is a merger of two giant conglomerates. And unfortunately, now that seems like a real possibility, according to it. That was me. Pull, that was me pointing out a joke. Yes. That, that, I don't. I, you didn't. The, everyone listening right now, Aaron didn't really do the cadence for a joke there. But that was me saying what the world really needs right now is a like a two conglomerates to combine together. That's really what the world needs right now. Sorry, go it's ahead. sarcasm, Chris. We get it. That's how I read it. 
<laughs> they always say when you have to explain a joke, it's not funny anymore. Yeah, we didn't have I to explain it. Like they got it. Give them, oh, okay. give them a little credit. Sorry, I respect the audience. I respect our listeners. Ugh. Respect me and let me finish this fucking story. According to a new report from THR, <laughs> Apple is sitting on $62 billion in cash and cash equivalents and has a $2.8 trillion market cap. And while it may be very true that Apple doesn't want to buy a studio, maybe it would want to buy this studio. The one that, despite the challenges of the moment, has a vault of priceless IP and remains the most valuable brand in entertainment, One an insider says. The fact of the matter is, if Disney CEO Bob Iger decides to sell Disney, Apple is most likely the buyer. Well, hold on real quick. Can I go, Can I just quickly say that currently in 2023, the, there, there are a certain amount of countries that have less money than Apple. Here are the countries that have less money total than Apple. Canada, Italy, South Korea, Russia, Brazil are just a couple of the, the countries that have less money than Apple. I don't understand how we fucking bananas, man. Capitalism. How, how are we not like number one on the, the list of companies or co- countries that don't have the same amount of money as Apple? Because like we have the biggest fucking debt. <laughs> well, yeah, it's liquidation and all that. Yeah. They don't have they don't. They say that in order to get mega rich, you have to have a lot of debt. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> um, that's us in a nutshell. That's America. Yep. That's how daddy. Remember, that's how America does it. That's how daddy did it. By God, it's worked out pretty, that's pretty well so far. Uh, so two main hurdles are the price and the government. The Biden mm-hmm. administration has been aggressive in suing to prevent significant deals from being completed uh, with mixed results. They've uh, the government previously su- successfully stalled Paramount sale of Simon and Schuster to Penguin Random House. And there were an unsuccess. They were unsuccessful in their attempts to prevent Microsoft and their acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which we were all I'm sure a lot of us were were following. Uh, mm-hmm. Iger responded to the report by saying, and I'm going to do my best, Iger, uh, Disney CEO. <laughs> I just am not going to speculate about the potential for Disney to be acquired by any company. Doesn't sound like Iger at all. Whether they're a technology company or not. Should it be more, more, more. You sound like a 1930s radio <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like President, this just President Eisenhower. Obviously, anyone who wanted to speculate about such things will happen immediately. Consider the global regularity environment. I'll say no more to that. It's not something that we obsess about. No shit, Bob. You've got more money than God. You've got more money than most of those countries, too. Of course, you're not worried about it. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Uh-huh. This is this. Is, there's really not a ton to analyze here. It's just that it's very nerve wracking. The moment that Apple buys Disney, that's not a good deal. That's not a good deal. We're we're, we're going to be basically owing Amazon and Apple everything that everything that we love. Those two things. will happen. I've got the perfect graphic for this entire situation. It's it's a poison apple from Snow White. Give that to Bob Iger. No, that, I'm saying that's it. That's the logo from now on. It's like Apple, but it's the poison apple it's the, yeah. in the shape of Apple's logo. But it's the apple from Snow White. That's <laughs> this the situation. Apple, is the apple in Snow White green or red? It's green. I'm pretty sure. Is it green? Because Apple's original logo was green. I thought it was rainbow. I think it was green, then rainbow, then mm. whatever it is now. Multiple colors now. But mm. uh, yeah, I, 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 like I said, this is not good. Uh, I thought that was interesting. There's really not a ton to say. It hasn't happened yet. It's really it's total speculation, but it's still not a good deal. So let's just hope that doesn't happen. And on that note, Aaron, I would love to go on to some better news. And I'm going to call this segment... What the heck is going on with those funny books? And this segment, <laughs> uh, this segment deals with comic books. So that, that this me. is this is my way of kind of 
uh, letting everybody know what's going on in the comic book world. Uh, and first up, we have good friend of the show, Christian Ward, announced that he'll be writing and illustrating a brand new DC black label book called Batman City of Madness. And this three issue miniseries will be a prestige formatted as many black label books are. Uh, and it will be a pseudo sequel to 1989's Arkham Asylum serious house on, ser- on a serious earth by Grant Morrison and Dave McKean. Ward called this series a living nightmare populated by twisted mirrors and Gotham's Gotham's dissidents fueled by the fear and hatred flowing down from above. And issue one hits shelves from at your local comic book shop on October 10th, 2023. Now, Aaron, I say all that to say this. I have read issue one. I have been lucky enough. Actually, Aaron, have you read it? Because it's actually in our inbox right now. I tried. I couldn't find it. Okay, that's fine. Uh, everybody, Aaron is the boomer, the the pseudo boomer of the, uh, the podcast. <laughs> so I will help him. Don't worry, everybody. I will. I, I, what, what, I what, can't what, find what, it in the email, <laughs> in the electronic mail. Pappy, you just got to unplug it and plug it back in. All right. I shit myself again. <laughs> I pooped I myself. I pooped my badge. Somebody called a nurse. <laughs> Someone took Aaron's license away. Oh, God. Uh, Okay, I've read the first issue and it's great. Everybody, I can tell you right now, even all biasy aside, City of Madness is going to be a fucking hit for DC. Christian, this is like his passion project. He's wanted to tell the story for a very long time. And uh, Eagle Eye or Eagle Ear listeners (laughs) will uh, remember that when we had Christian on the show the very first time, we actually briefly talked about this concept. And it's fine. It's so great to kind of have known that this was in the works for a long time. And to see it come to fruition is a really cool deal. So one could even be bold enough to say that we helped flush out this idea. We would never say that, Aaron. We will just strongly imply. We'll just, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we will just we will just ever so slightly let everyone know that we talked about it a long time a ago. A long time. We will never ago. say that we did it. We never we never promoted it. We never helped. But we'll let the people decide. Literal right? we'll, years ago. <laughs> At least three years ago, we were talking about City of Madness. Anyways, Marvel Executive <laughs> Editor and Senior Vice President of Publishing, Tom Brevoort, made the major announcement on Facebook that he'll be taking... You know, I, I laugh at the fact that this was on Facebook because now that's why that's why we're telling the story because nobody knows that's about a boomer. It. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Anyways, he'll he'll be taking over editorial duties for the for the X Men line of books over at Marvel, yeah. which is um. Pretty, pretty, pretty special, I think. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good job. Uh, it goes without saying that it's a major change for Brevoort, who started his career at the House of Ideas as a college intern in 1989. And mm-hmm. Chris wasn't even alive yet. And no. has been there ever since. Brevoort elaborated on the news in the most recent entry of his Substack new letter, newsletter. And he goes on to say... And while I'm sure that everybody is going to have a million questions about this, I'm not actually going to talk about it for some time yet, both because I have plenty to do in terms of wrapping up my current assignments and handing them over to others, but more importantly, because the current X creators and editors are in the midst of an epic and long gestating storyline, and it's only right the spotlight remains on them, mm-hmm. which, you know, kudos to him for saying that. Yeah. Well, Brevor is like known as one of the like true blue just knows his shit guys. And also like a true stand up as well. Like if you, if anyone remembers back when we talked to Brian Michael Bendez, he owes a lot of his career. He, or he, he like self, he self admits that Tom Brevoort has been a big help for him over his entire career. When it goes back to like ultimate Spider-Man and a lot of his early work at Marvel, he obviously wrote the new Avengers for a while as well, which I'm sure Tom was directly involved with, but Tom was also part of that crew 
that during that conversation, Brian talks about how there was like three or four comic creators that were in uh, the the writing room during the first Iron Man film and, and basically all of the MCU films up to like Age of Ultron. And Brevoort was one of those guys. So he knows his shit and he's been with the Avengers for like, I think, 15 plus years. So the fact that he's making the switch over from X-Men or from Avengers to X-Men is a big deal. And this is also uh, kind of on a lesser note, but equally as important. This also ends the Hickman age or, you know, powers of 10 uh, House of X era of X-Men, which is a big deal because this was a very popular initiative for for Marvel and for X-Men fans. So big deal, uh, a very big shakeup for Marvel and the House of Ideas. So sticking with publishers here. Earlier this year, Image Comics announced they were taking their single-issue distribution to direct market from longtime partner Diamond Comics distributors to Lunar Distribution. Now, Aaron, I've been very vocal here on the Oblivion Bar that I fucking hate Diamond. (laughs) I really, really... Like, I have have an adult hatred. Like, predetermined, like, just serious burning hatred for, for Diamond. And it's mostly because, A, they were a monopoly in the industry for a very long time. They would corner the market. They would hike up prices for comic fans. Like part of the reason why comics are $3.99 now instead of the normal $2.99 and for a long time, even $1.99 and less is because of Diamond. They're directly involved. Secondly, they're fucking terrible as a- You can't see this right now, but Chris is like, when he's like one, he counts with his pinky first. So he's like (laughs) pinky wagging into the camera right now and he goes two and now he's got his pinky in his ring finger he's like this motherfucker you know (laughs) (laughs) it's true i fucking hate these guys and i'll say when i worked at the fancy shop of course uh you know actually i don't know if we mentioned at the top now because we we came in all weird like but uh we are the official podcast of the fancy shop in saint charles missouri when i worked for them there was not one week when we got new comics for two and a half years that something wasn't jacked up, whether they were missing something or something was damaged. And it was again, directly linked to diamond. So uh, at the time of bookstore distribution for image comic collections and graphic novels remain at diamond currently, but as of this next year, they will, that will no longer be the case, at least here in the United States image announced today, that they've inked a new deal with Simon and Schuster. As we were just talking about that Paramount was trying to buy diamond books will remain images bookstore distributor outside of the U.S. So that's something they're still kind of connected. The departure of image from diamond comics is certainly a big deal to the distributor to the distributor whose website still lists image among its top publishers. That said, diamond still has, um, they've got dynamite. They've got you, Uden. I don't know. I don't even know what you I don't even know what that is. Aftershock. They've got, still got boom studios. They still got IDW. They've got yeah. a lot of small, whatnot is actually still through diamond. So Diamond is not Udon does like ma- ma- manga, I believe, because Udon. Oh, know. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, Diamond has lost its three biggest players. They lost Marvel and DC earlier this year to Lunar and Penguin Random House. Penguin Random House is owned by Disney. So, of course, Marvel's going to go there. Diamond went to Lunar, as does now does Image. So this is, in my opinion, this is the writing on the wall. Diamond is, although they still have the majority of publishers, they've got, if you look at a pie chart of publishers and what they mean to the medium. I would say image Marvel and DC own at least 75 to 80% of that pie. Everything else, although publishers and although have, you know, big titles, those, those guys own a a large part of the market. So this is a big, big deal for, for diamond. And you know what, uh, as Dave Chappelle once said, yes, they deserve to die. And I hope they burn in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Connelly's arise. Um, (laughs) 
Jason, <laughs> next up. What is with us going right to the border? What are we doing right now? <laughs> We're like getting right there. We're getting we so close. We woke up on the canceled. side of violence today. Um, yes, we did. News of Palooza 2023. News of Palooza. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> we said fuck a lot in this episode, too. News of Palooza. I got, we get away from these creators and we just fucking lose our minds. Yeah. We're just. Yeah, we're we just, don't have to act like professionals anymore. <laughs> that's right. Let our hair down. Let our freak flag fly. I'm not wearing pants. Um, next up, Jason Aaron and Greg Capullo flip sides. Switching sides. Uh, at the big two. We've all seen the TikTok trend. We've seen the TikToks. We all know what Call of Duty is. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, Jason. We're hip. We're happening. Oh, we know what's up. <laughs> Jason Aaron, who has been Marvel exclusive for the past 15 years, penning lengthy runs on titles like Wolverine, Thor, Incredible Hulk, and The Avengers, is now headed to DC Comics to headline a new series called Batman Offworld, which I'm actually really excited about. This will be a six-issue limited series that pairs Aaron with legendary comic artist Doug Mankey. Can I say something really quick? You just did. I love Jason Aaron. We <laughs> There's that one thing. Jason Aaron is one of my favorite creators in the world. We've had him on the show. It was one of... Uh, Aaron, you know this, and I'm sure the listeners know this. When we got Jason for the show, it was one of the most exciting times for me because he, I've been such a fan of his. His Thor run is one of my favorites of all time. I don't like this concept. <laughs> I like on the surface, of course, I'm going to still read it. But the idea of taking Batman and putting him in space just doesn't appeal to me. I don't know. I, I'm willing to read it because it's Jason Aaron and I'll read whatever. He's done enough, done enough great things for me to like have a little bit of faith in him. But again, on the surface, I don't know if I'm a fan. And you say you're a fan. You're like, you like the idea. I'm so excited because especially with reading uh, currently, you know, Superman lost and kind of yeah. kind of being like, I don't want to use the term like in depth, like really sucked into that one. I'm excited for a Batman version of this, you know, and I don't, sure. I, obviously I hope, I don't hope it's like, you know, a similar concept, but I'm just really excited. Cause you know, Batman in space, man, plus space is usually the right answer. You know, you do anything plus space. Yeah. Hey, usually a good thing. I'm just nervous that the dark Knight, how he can't even do well in cities that don't have buildings so much as space. So, okay, let's see. Spider-Man did fine in space. And he can't do shit without. <laughs> he got buildings. a black suit. He can't. Do, Batman already has a black. He suit. He can't do shit without buildings. Okay. <laughs> Batman can at least. He's a, he is a master of disguise. Okay. Do you know what Spider Man has that Batman doesn't? Superpowers. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> oh my God! He can crawl really fast up a tree. Well, guess what Batman can't do? He can't even open a really tight jar of pickles. So. Uh, yes, he can. He'll outsmart him. He'll use some kind of. <laughs> but what if he has time to prep? Is what exactly, I want. Exactly. How much time does he have to prep against this jar of pickles? Um, yeah. Anyways, so, um, <laughs> Jason Aaron built. All he needs is ten minutes. God damn it! Jason Aaron <laughs> built his early reputation DC's Vertigo imprint on the books like The Other Side, Scalped, Off World. Is the only second time Aaron has written a story set in the DC universe itself. The first was 2008's Joker Asylum Penguin Number One. That's a weird random single issue for Jason Aaron to write, but okay. At least it wasn't like Penguin number 27. Right. Well, this is, it sounds like this was, I don't even know what this is, but it sounds like it was a, uh, a tie-in yeah. to a bigger event. So. And Greg Capullo is returning to Marvel after a decades long hiatus to work on Wolverine and the upcoming Deadpool seven slaughters or sevens laughters, depending on how you want to say it uh, <laughs> later this year, because 
The key word in slaughter is laughter. Uh, Capullo previously <laughs> worked on a Marvel title such as X-Force in the 1990s, but he is mostly known for his work on Batman with frequent collaborator Scott Snyder on Batman, specifically New 52 Batman and the Dark Knight's metal events, which everybody knows I fucking love. Uh, Deadpool mm-hmm. 7 Slaughters number one releases this November, which includes a host of writers and artists, including Rob Liefeld, Gail Simone, Cullen Bunn, Cody Ziegler, Greg Land, and many, many more. So this sounds like it could be an anthology, which is pretty cool. And I think that's a cool idea to bring Capullo back for that. I've Aaron, you may or may not have seen the image of Capullo's Wolverine. It looks fucking awesome. Anything that Capullo does, I, I'm game for. I've said many times here on the show that Capullo and Scott Snyder's run on New 52 Batman has been is the largest contributor to me being in comics as much as I am right now. So, I, and I think you could even say, like, Part of the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because both Jason Aaron and Greg Capullo have played a large part in my obsession with the medium. So I'm excited for them to kind of switch sides because both of them have been at their individual big two places since my, you know, love of comics has started. So, well, I've loved comics for far longer, but my like obsession with it, I guess you could say. But Aaron, I want to kind of pass the baton off to you for this next piece of news because I know you're very excited about this. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited, but I know you're much more of a fan of this property than I am. So I just need you to do one thing real quick. I don't know why this popped into my head, but I, you know, talking about Wolverine, I wanted, I don't know if you've seen it. Frank Miller has recently done a cover of Wolverine. You want to talk about this? <laughs> Have you seen it? He not only has he done Wolverine, but he's done Moon Knight. He's done the thing. He's done a lot of these really odd, um, not great in my opinion, kind of like silhouettes of these Marvel characters. I think Moon Knight's pretty good. Wolverine doesn't look bad, but look up really quickly. Look up the thing. I want to get your live reaction here on the show of Frank Miller's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, he looks like a fucked up cheese. It. Okay. Listen. Yes. Uh, I should preface all this by saying Frank Miller, a legend, an absolute icon in the medium. I think it might be time. Frank. Um, I know you're listening right now. I know you're a fan of the show. Just live off the dark night and sin city for the rest of your life. It's fine. You've done enough. So now blade doesn't um, look too bad. Yeah. Blade is not terrible. Uh, but overall, it's, most of these it's yeah. You know what it looks like to me? And, and I know this is a huge side note and honestly, moon Knight looks pretty good. Moonlight looks, yeah, moon Knight good. looks good. It looks yeah. like, but the rest of them look like he took very much his like sin city version of drawing things and kind of like just scaled it back. Like, times 10 like it's this, yeah this is not a lack of talent it's a decision it's a yes. creative decision that he did this but it's not in my opinion i just it just doesn't work for me and i don't yeah i just don't love it well i the so. reason i brought this up was because you know obviously you, what we were talking about with wolverine and greg capullo and i was at a uh, comic shop in alabama so i went to a hiring expo recently in alabama and while i was there i found this comic shop called the deep and it had a lot of really good ratings. You know, I wanted to go check it out. And, you know, shout out to The Deep. They Shout out to The Deep. The Deep. Um, the Deep. They had one of the most amazing systems of organization of their comics. Like, so, like, yeah. everything. Everything was tabbed. That's a wet dream for me. Everything was tabbed. I was in heaven. Like, I mm. could just, oh, God, it was so good. The, but when I got up to the front to to check out, and spend a ridiculous amount of money. Um, go LCS, shop small business. Um, <laughs> they were this. The staff was talking about, kind of like hush hush, talking about this Wolverine cover. 
Yeah. And it was like, like, you got in your Google search and was looking at it immediately. Yeah. It was like two guys, like one guy, or it was like probably like three or four guys that worked there. And like one guy had, was really not a comic dude. He was just Mm -hmm. kind of like a comic looking nerd guy. And then the rest of the staff (laughs) was like definitely all about comics. And this, the guy who was not really into comics was one who was bringing up Frank Miller's Wolverine cover. And he's just like, have you seen it? Like, I'm just like, and, and I'm just like, I'm thinking the entire time, like, this is probably not the conversation you want to have in front of customers, but at the same right. time, it's, you know, it's, either it's a good, I, it's always good to hear others discussing, you know, something that you're passionate about, even if it's like, you don't agree with it. It's good to, it's good to see the different sides of it. It would be like us going to a museum and talking about a Monet in front of like art majors or people who like deal with fine art. Yeah. Like our opinions are our opinions and they have value to a certain extent, but they are just not steeped in lore and knowledge the same way that like the pe- the person next to us like i could i could walk up to a monet or a van gogh and be like that's beautiful but i don't know why and someone who or i or i could walk up to the same painting and go i hate that but i don't really know why whereas like the fine art major be like well there's this and this and this like i'm assuming that would be a similar situation with a guy who's there working because he knows magic the gathering but doesn't like comics yeah go hey look at this wolverine cover look how shitty this looks but someone like me or you can go well Frank Miller is a legend in the industry and it sounds like, or what it looks like is that in his late seventies, early eighties, he's trying something new. Yes. So, uh, although it's not my taste and I think it looks pretty bad. Somebody really honest, might really love it. Right. It could be, I've, I've seen people defend it online yeah. and you know, that's a thing. So yeah. there's your Frank Miller talk for the evening tonight, everybody. we weren't planning <laughs> it. And that's what happens during news of Palooza. News of Palooza. Um, news of Palooza. So first, so the thing that Chris was referring to that was right up my alley is because years ago, there was a movie that came out that Chris and I had. I would say equally love. Yeah. Maybe maybe not yeah. equally. Maybe maybe both greatly love, but uh, maybe I'm slightly more in love with it. I don't know. I mean, I love it a lot. Yeah. I just I know that you really really I love it. I fucking love this movie. Okay, yeah. and that movie is. We are sex bombs, and we're here to make you think about death and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you're 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 the salt of the earth. Um, I don't know the meaning of the word. <laughs> you're encouraging next bitch. <laughs> he slapped the highlights out of her hair. <laughs> We're talking about you, cocky cock. <laughs> we, can, we can keep going, it's guys. We can keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Devegan, de- Ray, Deveganized Ray, or something like that. Anyways, um, yes, that breeze, Riga believes. <laughs> You knowingly ingested gelato. <laughs> gelato isn't vegan. What did he say? He said, um, Parmesan chicken. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Oh, this is a terrible episode. Um, no, it's a great episode. News of Palooza, everybody. Um, first, so the, <laughs> that movie, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. If you've never seen it, I yeah. hi- we highly recommend it. it Do is, yourself a favor. Yes. There's so check it out. much. Like it is a stacked movie. We got Chris Evans, we got Margot Robbie, we got Aubrey Plaza, we got Michael Sarah, we got Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes, there's like it's a stacked. Uh, we got a Wilson brother. No, it's Macaulay Culkin's brother. What's his name? Well, yeah, we got you got Karen, Karen, Karen Culkin. Gold. But you also have yep. isn't Luke Wilson? Who's that no. dude? Luke- he played he no. played he played uh Listen, you're about to go over the cast here in just a moment true. like you're gonna go I'm over the idiot. entire cast so. uh, anyways <laughs> just leave it let it ride uh so f- basically we're talking about scott pilgrim all that in. world <laughs> uh but there's a new trailer for edgar wright's scott pilgrim takes off a netflix animated series which you know again i'm a little bit remiss to talk about this topic 
but also, you know, the fact that we can still be excited about stuff and we are still mm-hmm. bringing a lot of attention to obviously the, 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 the strikes and everything like that, but you know, there's certain things that are being revealed that we do want to talk about. Well, I think as long as we're not reviewing it yeah. and like highlighting yeah. it. Yeah. We don't know. It could, as long as we don't punch the highlights out of its it hair. Could be, I think we're good. It could be absolutely horrible, but it's coming. Yeah. Regardless. And, it, and it's, and it's going to be good. It's not I even breathing heavy. Um, Netflix has <laughs> unleashed the first trailer for producer Edgar Wright. Scott Pilgrim takes off, which is an it's considered an anime series, which I think it's heavily anime inspired. Yes. Um, yeah. But, manga inspired because 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 Scott Pilgrim in the original comic is very is a manga. manga it's considered a manga. Is, is it a manga? It's considered a manga. Like I, I always thought manga was specific to like Eastern comics. Like manga is Eastern comics. That's racist. Well, is it? <laughs> I, th- I believe so. Uh, okay, so, I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you Google it? Is Scott Pilgrim? No, I mean. A manga? I'll look it up. You, you keep talking. I'll look it up. So the the trailer highlights the characters of Scott Pilgrim. Duh. The alt rock music, retro video game sensibilities, and manga style, manga style. Okay. Yeah, don't say manga. They they will come at mango, us. Mango, mango style. Um, the entire live action cast from the 2010 film is back. So if you if you watch that movie, you will love the fact that all of these actors will be voicing their animated counterparts in this series. It includes Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona Flowers, Flowers, Ramona, Satya Baba as Matthew Patel, Kieran Culkin as Wallace Wells, Chris Evans as Lucas Lee, Anna Kendrick as Stacy Pilgrim, Brie Larson as Envy Adams, Allison Pill as Kim Pine, Aubrey Plaza as Julie Powers, Brandon Ruth as Todd Ingram, Jason Schwartzman, that's who I'm talking about, as Gideon Graves, G-Man, is Gideon Graves as G-Man, uh, Johnny Simmons as young Neil Nordegraf, Mark Weber as Steven Still. What do you like to play? <laughs> well, that's that's kind big, of a loaded that's question. That's kind of a big question. Uh, yeah. Tetris. May Whitman as Roxy Richter and Ellen Wong as Knives Chow. You punched the highlights out of her hair. He punched the highlights out of her hair. You are incorrigible. I don't know the meaning of the word. So Brian Lee O'Malley and Ben David Gabinski, the author and artist of the graphic novels published from 2004 to 2010, will serve as executive producers, writers and showrunners, which is it just it just a big deal. It's a big deal, you know. So Edgar Wright yeah. will also serve as the executive producer. So I think that's one thing that we can also be excited about and 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 talk about this this, you know, even during the strike is because the writer, the author, the artist of the graphic novel of the original like IP are being brought in to do this. And so that's important. That's representation. And also the director who made the amazing 2010 film is also directly involved. So it's like everybody who made this property really great in its entire, you know, history is involved in this series in some major way. And if you haven't played it also, there's a, there's a really good, it's very double dragon, very streets of rage video game. That is amazing. It's actually a four player game. So you can have four Mm -hmm. people, very side scroller turtles in time, side scroller, you know, it's amazing. So if you haven't checked that one out, check it out. It's very much based on the, the, the source material as well. Uh, just going back to the the show itself, the eight episode first season of Scott Pilgrim takes off will arrive on Netflix on Friday, November 17th. I'm very excited for this. And also manga is not a manga. It is manga inspired, but it's considered a graphic novel. Okay, that's fair. So 
which made sense. I mean, again, like I said, I, I'm pretty sure that manga is strictly to so like in order it's to, a style. to be called a manga. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah I would say. Uh, yeah, no, this looks great. And I'm very excited for it. When I when you sent me the trailer earlier today, I was like, I, I feel like I was in just based on the the photo and based on seeing who was involved. But the moment you see the trailer, everyone, it, it's I mean, it's essentially the kind of the feel of the movie, but the look of the original graphic novel. So. If you so I'm going to say this. And, and I will always take a lot of credit for a lot of my friends who have seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I'm taking that credit because I, are you saying that I only saw it because of you? It's, it's a strong possibility. It's implied. It's a strong, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm that not I'm saying just implying that. it. I'm just implying it. But I will say this because when I first saw the trailer for the 2010 film, I was like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever because I told myself anything that can make Michael Sarah look like a complete badass is going to and be is going to be an amazing film. And yeah. if you ever have if you ever go back to the source material, Scott Pilgrim is actually considered the best fighter in his entire town, which mm -hmm. they don't really cover a lot of that kind of basic stuff in the movie. But it's again, it's implied. But in the in the source material, that's what it is. He is the best fighter and he still has to go through and do just about everything that's in the movie with a little bit more razzmatazz in the in the in the, the graphic novel. But it's a great adventure on both sides on the in the movie sense and in the, the graphic novel. So I highly recommend if you have never read the graphic novel, read that. If you're not sure if you're interested, watch the 2010 film. And if you are interested, do all the above. Yeah, I think I to kind of speak on Scott and like him being the best fighter in town. I kind of like the idea of in the movie that you just he just goes into it with being the best fighter. Like there's no preamble. It's just like anytime someone comes at him, he automatically knows how to combat it. And I just what thought do I do? Of, that that adds some humor Fight! to it. Fight! All right, let's get into another segment that I like to call Aaron. Bros, check out what Zack Snyder is saying. <laughs> we haven't talked about Zack Snyder in quite a bit here on the show. It used to be all we talked Every about in the beginning episode. of the, the <laughs> during the Snyder <gasps> Bro era. Uh, Zack Snyder says that criticism of Soccer Punch is being uh, of being too exploitive was disheartening. So Zack Snyder has been talking about his 2011 fantasy action film Sucker Punch with Letterboxd. He explained that Sucker Punch was a very polarizing film and added, to be frank, the people I've run across who have come to me and said Sucker Punch is my favorite movie are normally angsty teenage girls. It's like a Morrissey song or something. Snyder argued that the film was so genre and self-aware and revealed that there were scenes that were cut from it to made it over uh, that made it more overt that the film's tone and self-aware, self-reflective audience observing the film. Um, okay, let me before I go on, Aaron. I'm, I want to get your thoughts on Sucker Punch. I'm, have you seen Sucker Punch? I guess I should start start there. Yes. Okay. What are your thoughts on it? I am I am very unsure. Uh, you know what? Same. That's I. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Every time I like I watch it, I'm like, I should like this, right? Like this feels like my jam. It feels but like it's not. it feels like a movie that was made for like dudes. I think that's what Zack Snyder is saying here. But absolutely not. It feels like what Zack Snyder is saying here and everyone knows that I have mixed feelings about Zack Snyder is that he's commenting on this after the fact. Like 
I bet at the time when this movie came out in 2011, there probably were a little bit of edge. Like he is known as a self-proclaimed edge Lord. Like he toes the line, right? I think he wanted to be kind of edgy at that time. And now that it's reflective thinking about it in 2023, which was not that long ago, we look back on it and go, these parts, these, these things haven't aged very well. Right. So when I watch it now, and I think the last time I tried to watch it was a couple of years ago, Emily Browning is pretty cool in it. You've got some Oscar Isaac in there. Like there's some cool things. John Hamm, I think is even in it at one point. Like there are things that I think I should like, but like we've talked about, I just don't. Well, like, so, so it has these scenes where you're like, is this happening? Mm-hmm. Is this not happening? And it's, and you're right. I think that he, he was trying to be edgy. I think he was trying to be comment, like, like editorializing, like commentary, like on certain things, like as far as, you know, the, the, the patriarchy, the, the, the sexual energy and, and, and basically, you know, the, like female empowerment and lack thereof and kind of like this, I don't know. I don't even want to, I can't even mansplain it to myself what this movie is exactly <laughs> about, but I feel like there's so much going on in this film that he was trying to use as like a commentary, a commentative, like, like dis, like point of discussion that it just, it, it tries way too hard for yeah. what it was supposed to be. It's I think, yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but I think he is trying, like, it felt like he was maybe trying to do like a woman empowerment film, Yeah, but it would be like, me, a cis Midwestern white male trying to explain gender fluidity or like the sex outside of being straight. Like I have a respect for people who that do these things and and that choose to identify as like whatever you want to identify as, but I know very little and I have no perspective. So therefore my opinion is kind of a, to be completely honest, is kind of a lesser important one. Right. So I think Maybe there's a part of Zach that was like, yeah, let's show women being strong, but it's coming from this macho kind of like very edgy guy. And it's, it comes from a place of almost like you were saying, almost like kind of mansplaining. the. Uh, That's the exactly. Thing. That's what I feel like this movie was. I feel like this movie was an action posed film that was mansplaining female empowerment to a young generation of men and women and men and young young men went into this and were like oh shit you got a chicken like a schoolgirl uniform with swords and robots and samurais and you know katanas and they dance and, sexy and they dance sexy but they're taking the power back in that sexier yeah you know yeah. and then you got girls who go in there and like you know to this day 12 years later to this day i still see sucker punch cosplays at conventions and i'm just like I, I don't I'm going to say a sucker punch cosplay, in my opinion, is no better than a Harley Quinn Suicide Squad cosplay these days. Like mm. I it's it's been done. It's It's been done. But at the same time, it's like I, I don't I I don't understand why there's still a popularity in it when that those characters, at least in a certain aspect, should have evolved by now. And right. Harley Quinn is. I will say Sucker Punch and Harley Quinn are two characters. And I'm going to call it Sucker Punch because Sucker Punch is a movie. Baby Doll is is the girl's name. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like with how society has evolved and what we do have now, we have so much like women empowerment. We have so much women, uh, like like female 
what's the word like awareness now you know whether it's gender fluidity whether it's uh you know transgender whether it's you know uh, cis female whatever it's trans female whatever we have so much awareness of the power that comes with being a female you know hell barbie is doing it that i feel like we need to like as a society kind of evolve past this idea of like mansplaining these characters to our own to ourselves I think you just did a version of what Zack Snyder did. <laughs> like, you know, the, uh, the say, like when he put in uh, the Snyder cut, he's like, we live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I agree. And I will add one caveat to that. I think Harley Quinn as a character has evolved, but that version of Harley Quinn is so played out and it's such a dull version of that character. Cause again, no, you know, no shade of course, but like that is a version that's from a world of that Zack Snyder built. <laughs> so. Well, it, it's her, her character in that sense of what, like, cause Zack Snyder used a lot of foundation and a lot of blueprints from characters and just kind of re mat, like, like mask them, like put a new mask on them. And Harley yeah. Quinn was one of those where it's like, she had been evolving the Arkham series, the Injustice series, all these Harley Quinn had evolved past Joker had become her own. The animated series. The animated series. The, 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 you know, yeah, her own show. You know, it's like she has evolved way past just being Joker's Harley Quinn, you yeah. know, and to put her back in this costume and then to see like women of all ages in this daddy's little monster costume, you know, and pudding necklace and and or choker you know like to me it's just like i don't like that i it's like it's like just stepping back yeah well let's actually to speak on all this let's see what snyder said here so he says it's talking directly to them about they want to see they want to see girls they want to see girls they want to they don't want to see girls in power they want to see them in sexy outfits that was the whole thing for me i always thought that it was interesting when people would review the movie and say it's exploitive it's like an anti-war movie that gets the war too good. Okay. Uh, I'm always shocked that it was so badly misunderstood. I always said that it was a commentary on sexism and geek culture. Someone would ask me, why do you, why did you film the girls this way? And I'd say, well, you did. Uh, Sucker Punch is a fuck you to a lot of people who will watch it. Okay. Again, I think we just, he kind of reaffirmed what we were just saying there. It's yeah. him trying to be edgy, but doing it in a place that where he has no perspective. So uh, let's move on from there. I, maybe we should watch Sucker Punch again. Let's let's watch Sucker Punch for the grid and okay. And I don't for some reason. I don't it's, know. Like, it's like it's like Zack Snyder walking into a strip club and stopping the strippers from dancing and saying, "You are powerful." Like they fucking know <laughs> you are that better than this. You're, yeah, yeah. That's somebody's little girl yeah. up there. Um, <laughs> that's someone's little girl grinding grinding up there. Fucking pole. <laughs> Um, Aaron, let's get into kind of what I have as my last topic here of our news of Palooza 2023. And that's just like the box office in general, right? We haven't, again, we haven't been able to talk about a ton of films this year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, I thought it'd be interesting just kind of look at what the box office has done because it's been a very interesting year. So far this year, the box office has seen a number of blockbusters fall short of expectation that were projected to lure in moviegoers and bolster the domestic hall in terms of total gross. And we've seen that a couple times, but not as many times as we think. A lot of these studios have been caught uh, with their hands in their cookie jar, trying to put too much money into these films and it not landing. So uh, I think it'd be, it would be interesting for us to just kind of go back and forth on some of these major plot points. So I want to quickly just go over our top 10 here. Uh, number one being 
weirdly enough, the Super Mario Bros. movie, which we've covered here on the show. I think we both liked it. I think I liked it a little more than you did, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we still both enjoyed it. Currently sitting at a $1.35 billion mark with a B. And it's billion. And it's interesting because at number two, we have the aforementioned Barbie sitting at $1.19 billion with a B. Chris, what that mouth do, boy? What that mouth do? That's fucking talent right there. Ladies, ladies, listen to that. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Billion. Bros, check out. We're talking to the ladies now. At number three, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at 845 million. We have Fast X sitting at number four at 704 million. We've got Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse at 684 million. Oppenheimer coming in at number six. Or did I say? I already said that, number six. Uh, Sitting at 650 million. The Little Mermaid that I still have not seen. Actually, I have not seen Oppenheimer. I have not seen Fast X. I have not seen Little Mermaid. I watched Little Mermaid. What were your thoughts? It was just, it was bad. Out of five David A. Winers, what are you going to give The Little Mermaid live action? Like a two. Oof. Yikes. All right. Uh, I don't really have any interest, but it's going to be on Disney Plus here in a couple weeks, so I I might check it out then. Oh, yeah. Or it could could already be on there, to be honest. I don't know. I just (laughs) don't care. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Wrecking Part 1, I also have not seen, but it's sitting at number eight. With 522 million. I forgot that was actually out already. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that here in just a moment. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania that Aaron and I, we saw together. It's one of our episodes that we've done in person. Sitting at number nine, 476 million. And then coming in at number 10, we have Elemental at 444 million. So there's one, two, three, four Disney films. We've got one, two, two Warner Brothers. Uh, what else? We've got a Paramount in there. Yeah. So, uh, and then I want to go over like the, the last, the next five. So we've got Transformers Rise of the Beast coming at number 11. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, 436 million. We've got John Wick chapter four that comes in at 426. So just barely under Transformers. This is one of the bigger bombs of the year. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny sitting at 375 million. Creed three Ooh. at number 14 at 275. Oh, hundred million less than Indiana Jones. That's crazy. Damn. And then coming at, coming in at number 15, and we'll definitely talk about this here in just a moment, The Flash at 260, $268 million. So uh, barely barely beating out the Meg 2, the trench at $259 million at number 16. So I'm kind of excited for that Goodness. One. Okay. Yeah. It's funny because the Meg 2 actually beat out Oppenheimer for number three at the box office this yeah. last weekend. <laughs> that's crazy to me. That is crazy. And that's, that's a Wonder Brothers crazy. Too, So it's crazy, man. So, Aaron, why don't you go over these, these first couple notes? I'd love to get your thoughts on some of this. Well, I just, let me just talk about the next few that are like that are some of the ones that I enjoy. Oh, you want to go through it? We can keep going well, through it. Let yeah. me just, so, like, okay, Dungeons and Dragons is number seventeen, right after the Meg Two. Okay, very good. And I love Dungeons and Dragons. I thought it was amazing. You know, and even yeah. though I mean, it's only made, it's only made two hundred eight million. It's still a great film. And honestly, to be like top seventeen, I'm surprised. You know, I have Insidious is at eighteen. I don't know if you I've, I watched like the first Insidious, maybe the second one. I don't really care. Sound of Freedom. Yeah. Conspiracy theorists have at it. Yeah. Um, Scream. That's Fox News for yes. you right there. That's why Sound of Freedom is number 19. <laughs> Scream 6. Ah, don't care. Uh, Evil Dead. I want to quickly just real quick. Sorry. I, Sound of Freedom. That's fully domestic. I don't know if you see that on the chart. 100 percent is domestic. That didn't show anywhere else in the world. Because, of course, it wouldn't. Only in America, you can make 173 million off of a. This type of film. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Scream six, meh, hundred sixty eight million. Nobody cared. Pretty good for a horror film. Yeah. Same with uh, yeah, Evil. Same with uh, Insidious and Evil Dead Rise, which these are three horror movies like right within 
you know, you know, shooting distance of each other. You got 18 for Insidious, uh, 20 for Scream 6, 21 for Evil Dead Rise. I'm just going to say, can we please put the Scream IP, the franchise, to bed? Well, uh, this did well, and it was well-received, so no. Damn it. <laughs> it will keep going, We got another Saw you. coming out, too. Yes, um, we do. So, you know, and then, wow. And then Shazam Fury of the Gods coming in <sighs> at 120, or no, sorry, 133 million. Pat- Big yikes. Patan, which I think was a uh, a Bollywood film. It's a, it's a Bollywood, yeah. Uh, 128 million. Detective Conan, yeah. not really sure. 105. If that's Conan the Barbarian yeah, yeah. being a detective, I got to see this one. Um, <laughs> and then TMNT at 25, number 25. With- well, to be fair, at the time of this recording, it's only been out for two weeks. Yeah. So, so 96 million? Hopefully it does It'll something. break that 100 million. Yeah. If it, if it breaks 100 million, I think that's a good, yeah. that's not terrible for an animated film. So if your name is not Super Mario Bros. or Across the Spider-Verse. Most anime films, you know, that are not Pixar don't make that much. Yeah. So And this is kind of a this is kind of a, a reinvention, a reimagination of the TMNT team. So I've seen it by the way. Have you seen it? I, no, I'm probably gonna go see it tomorrow. It's very good. I think you'll like it. Good. good. I want to hear your thoughts on it. We'll talk about it on the grid. Uh so up first we have the Super Mario Bros. movie broke Incredibles 2's record at two, uh, 28.4 million for its fourth highest weekend gross for an animated film. Actually, we, I think we might have said that fact during the review, but it also became the first film since Avatar The Way of Water to top the box office for four consecutive weekends. And it's the first animated film to pass $1 billion globally since Frozen 2. So big deal. Uh, you know, again, be, having Super Mario Bros. as the number one film of the year still, and I don't think it will be beat. I honestly don't think there's anything that's going to beat that is pretty incredible. So this is the part that I was kind of teasing a moment ago between Shazam Fury of the Gods at 133.8 million worldwide and the flash at 268.5 million worldwide. Warner Brothers lost an estimated 328 point excuse me, 382.8 million dollars from the two films combined. What did he say? Ouch town population you bro. <laughs> Spider-Man yeah. Across the Spider-Verse surpassed into the Spider-Verse's total gross of 384.2 million after 12 days of release and overtook the Smurfs to become Sony Picture Animation's highest grossing film. Chris, how many times did you see Across the Spider-Verse in theaters? I saw it three times. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 grossed a worldwide total of $523 million with a budget of $291 million. Holy shit. That means... <laughs> that's like a that's like Avengers Endgame budget yeah. right there. That is insane. That means this was technically a loss for Paramount. So it grossed half a billion dollars and still lost money. <laughs> that is insane. So kind of speaking of what we were talking about earlier, Barbie had the biggest second weekend for a film since Avengers Endgame at 147.4 million. That's a big deal. We always talk about the second weekend drop off for films. It's always a huge amount. Barbie had a bigger weekend at second weekend than it did its first, which is why it hit a billion Word dollars. of mouth. Word yep. of mouth, baby. Every movie that I've seen at AMC since Barbie came out, there has been some group of girls wearing all pink going to see Barbie. That's a big deal. Uh, and also a big deal is that it passed Captain Marvel's record of 153 million for the highest weekend debut for a female directed film. It also topped 537 million, making it the highest grossing domestic movie in Warner Brothers Discovery's 100 year history. So it's the highest grossing Warner Brothers film of all time. Uh, it's also uh, which the previous record holder was The Dark Knight, which generated 536 million in 2008. Goddamn. And Barbie did all of that in 17 days. Goddamn. What a so, fucking powerhouse. Female empowerment right. to the max, baby. Yeah, yeah. You, sucker punch who? You hear that, men? Female power. 
I'm That's I'm right. here with the patriarchy. I'm here as a man to tell you other males that women are powerful. <laughs> we are an ally to Barbie and all. My the, name all is Zach. Have a y chromosome. My name is Zach Snyder, and just because I don't have a Y chromosome, that just because these women are in scandalous clothing and 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 dressed like schoolgirls. That's your fault for thinking that they're not empowered. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, why don't you go over the next one? Because it's male dominated. We don't like men. No. Oppenheimer, you <laughs> dick. You dirty bitch. You dirty, has earned a worldwide total of $653.8 million on a $100 million budget. God, we need to be canceled. Uh, weirdly enough, 20% of Oppenheimer's message. <laughs> we're trying hard. You were really telling some fucking lies tonight. 27% of Oppenheimer's domestic box office, 80.7 million has been via the large screen format, which is the 70 millimeter in IMAX. The film had already broken several IMAX records, including that one machine from that one theater. Just kidding. For its opening weekend, both domestically <laughs> and internationally and demand for the film shows no signs of slowing down as screenings continue to be sold out for weeks. Chris, have you watched Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. I have not seen Oppenheimer yet because I really want to go see it at the Indiana State Museum, which is where we saw Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Oh, that, that it is currently, that is the third high, or it's the third biggest screen in the US. It is showing the 70 millimeter version, which I think only 12 movie theaters in the entire US are showing. And I, to speak on what you just read there, I have tried for multiple weeks to go see it at like a normal time, not at 1130 or 3 p.m., <laughs> like at like seven or five. And the, every single one has been sold out to the point where I called the museum and was like, hey, I think Fandango is screwing up because there's no way that things are th- these movies showings are being sold out. And they're like, no, 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 it really is sold out. Yeah. So that's that shows a lot. You and gotta I think go to the matinee times like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I want to see this in the biggest format, and I'm so glad they're extending it. I just saw a, a news o- article the other day about how Oppenheimer is supposed to be showing an IMAX specific screens for the next three weeks. Yay. So. We will have time to see it. And I think this movie has the legs to get close to a billion. It probably won't get a billion, but it'll get pretty close. So, um, Aaron, that will do it for News of Palooza 2023. How do you feel? I feel news. I pooped my pants. I pooped my prayers. I feel very <laughs> informed. Yeah. Do you feel knowledgeable now? I do. I feel so smart. I feel like I can mansplain things to myself. <laughs> And we didn't get canceled one time. Isn't that great? Not yet. Not single. We have time though. We still have some time. And during that time, I would love to hear Aaron say some semi-canceling things over (laughs) on Aaron's Arcade. It's time for Aaron's Arcade. And that's why we do the show to cancel each other out. Aaron's Arcade is sponsored by G Fuel. Whether you're a casual gamer, a content creator, or an everyday Joe, or an esports pro, G Fuel sugar-free, antioxidant, and vitamin-fortified, focus-enhancing, high-performance energy products will give you the edge you need to fuel your grind. Mm. That was one take. That was perfection. Good. Go. No notes. No notes. While stocking up at GFuel.com, use our code OBP at our checkout. See, there we go. I fucked it up. At checkout. <laughs> you see, there you go. You I got cocky. Up. I got cocky and I ruined it. You cocky cock. Cocky cock. I check out for 10% off your entire order. That's OBP. Oscar Bravo Papa. Let's say it together. O-B-P. O-B-P. Perfect. 
G Fuel Performance Energize. So actually, you know, obviously they're a sponsor. <laughs> they're great. They're 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 not only sponsors, but they're great friends. Uh, great people. Great people. Uh, so I'm here to talk to they're you. Great. Aaron's Arcade. Shut up, Chris. It's my turn. Um, I'm gonna talk to you about Respawn Recruits, which is just started. I am participating again. But you're like, oh, Aaron, you're not, you don't really stream that much anymore. That's true. But that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's true. But I do. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but that's the thing. Respawn Recruits is not just about streamers. It's about. What if you what if you have a podcast? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I thought this was Aaron's Arcade. I'm just kidding, oh. Chris. You can say whatever you want. I love you. <laughs> um, No, that's what I, and I said that, you know, like they should be paying attention to us. We are doing great things in the podcasting sphere, in the podcasting universe, in the podcasting galaxy, all the above, all the aforementioned places that podcasts are. We're doing amazing things. And honestly, any company that we partner with is, I believe, is truly lucky to have us because we're not going to partner with any other company that doesn't have a great like, you know, set of morals, set of ethics, Omnibus. We love those guys. You know, we partner with them. G Fuel. We love those guys. They partner with us. We partner with them. They, you know, what not, what not, uh, the fantasy shop, you know, like we will mm -hmm. not like, and, and honestly, I think respawn is a great way for us to get, you know, our name out there as well as to get their name out there. Cause they, they're, I mean, they're a huge supporter literally and figuratively of the streaming community, but also the fact that they're trying to branch out into other like forms of content creation is fun. And to challenge other like content creators to, to really like hone their skills. And I, you know, I, I said this when I was actually, when I was streaming full-time, which I'm kind of streaming a little, I, I, I stream on kick now, but also I'm, I'm doing some TikTok stuff. You guys have seen my, my G fuel ads that I've been working on. I am working on some costumes and and a whole bunch of other content, but uh, great Goku cosplay. Thank you, thank you. I I truly believe that that if you want to make it in any and Chris, you'll you'll understand this. If you want to make it in any type of business, you have to be not just dedicated during the 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 recruiting times. You have to be dedicated and you have to put your all into it the entire all the time that you're doing it. You know, and I love that there's a big community of people who want to do that. But at the same time, I also love that there is this company that wants to, to motivate content creators to do these things, you know? So I, I, I will participate just for the fun of it, to support my friends who are still streamers, just to support other content creators and to get my stuff out there because I love creating content. I love creating these costumes. I love creating, I'm working on videos. I'm working on more stuff for G fuel and it's just fun. And honestly, if it's fun, I'm going to keep doing it because you know, why the fuck not? You know, there's life's too short not to do fun shit. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is what I'm playing when I do stream, which is usually in the mornings, uh, probably like six o'clock, six 30, uh, central standard time on kick.com forward slash better actions. Um, I've been playing Marvel Snap and I've been playing PUBG Mobile, which is PUBG. If you snap, snap, you know, Marvel <laughs> Snap is the is the card game. It's like a three minute match. You know, it's it's like six turns of a card game. You can like it's so fun and so simple just to get into it. Uh, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. So if you guys haven't played it or if you want to see uh, check out my channel on kick. Uh, I'm really enjoying the kick platform. That's another thing that's really cool. It's like, it's a new platform. It's really user centric and they've taken a lot of the mistakes that, that Twitch was, was implementing on their platform and they've made the, the right choices 
on kick. So I'm really going to compute, continue to support that platform versus Twitch. Um, the other thing I said, PUBG mobile, uh, is just a really fun, uh, first person, like battle Royale game that I'm really enjoying. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to keep playing it, give it a shot. You know, I'm gonna try some other things. I really love mobile games, but Enough with Aaron's Arcade. Let me just get to some actual business real quick. Uh, if you are a Patreon member, I will be working on a Patreon-only newsletter for the show. We're gonna. Chris and I have been talking about it. Um, that's another thing that I can do and help out with the show and try and get our what we're doing out there. So even if you're not able to listen to every Patreon episode or every episode, if you're a Patreon member and you just want to kind of get caught up at the end of the month, probably like the last Sunday of every month is when we'll be sending it out. And it'll be it'll cover like some big topics that we had go on during the month, some news and notes if we had important news and notes, some highlights of stuff going on going on in the nerd world. But yeah, it's a it's a newsletter slash blog uh that'll be produced by me so go ahead and sign up for our patreon.com forward slash oblivion bar pod and check it out and get ready probably gonna start that uh more than likely this month uh worst case scenario if something goes wrong uh september will be the 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 inaugural launch of uh the yet to be named newsletter for the oblivion bar podcast we do have ideas though some fucking good ones yep and with that let's go to my favorite part of the show which man i've missed it so much i feel like it's been it's been so long i miss its smell i miss its musk its laugh let's go to chris's corner it's time for chris's corner all righty chris's corner is sponsored by omnibus Backed by some of the top publishers in the medium, Omnibus hosts an extensive back catalog from Image Comics, Boom Studios, Dark Horse, Ahoy Comics, Titan, Vault, and many more. And most importantly, Omnibus supports in-app purchases. Download Omnibus now on any iOS device and follow them over on social media at the Omnibus app. Omnibus by fans for fans. It's pitching. We we tried pitching that tagline to them, and they're it's it's currently being reviewed by a board. Uh, we'll let you know. I think we get a certain residual if it is used. Every T-shirt that says "It's bitching," I think we get a part of that, right, Aaron? We get the we get the trash from making the shirt. Yes, yes, that's right. And I've made the only one. <laughs> All right. This week for Christmas Corner, we're going to talk about the Hunger and the Dust number one, written by G. Willow Wilson, illustrated by Christian Wowgoose, and this is a brand new IDW series. Uh, it's it's been out for a little while, but it has been so that first issue was so good that I had to highlight it here on the show. Uh, Aaron, it's so good, I will say also, that I reviewed it over on The Beat, which I am a contributor of, and it was a comic that I actually had a spotlight for to cover, and I was so happy to do it because this is a great first issue. Uh, we, we've been talking here off the show that uh, between this and last episode, episode 126, where we talked to Griffin Sheridan, Ethan Parker, and Bob Quinn, their comic, Kill Your Darlings over Image Comics, and The Hunger and the Dusk are probably my two favorite single issues of the year thus far. First two favorite uh, uh, first issues, I would say, more specifically. So if you are, uh, obviously, The Hunger and Dusk is already out. Kill Your Darlings is not out yet. So make sure you get, grab that But when it does, which is September 6th. But Hunger and the Dusk, go grab that right now. You're a little comic book shop. I just, so. I just feel like there's some really good books coming out. Like, I don't. It's a great time to be a fan it is, of comics. I, I thought that, like, I mean, I personally, because I'm so, like, I am new to the comic reading mm-hmm. world. I am like, oh man, it maybe it just feels like this to me because I'm so new. But at the same time, if we're eating right now, we're eating good as comic readers. We're eating good. Mm-hmm. 
That we are. No, it really is. I had someone tell me at San Diego, I can't remember who it was now, but someone said, uh, there's just not really anything to read. And I looked at them befuddled, like, <laughs> I was like dumbfounded. I was like, what are you talking about? There's I, like, I don't have enough time to read everything that I want to read. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but here's the synopsis for the hunger and the dust. So in a dying world, only humans and orcs remain mortal enemies battling for territory and political advantage. But when a group of fearsome ancient humanoids known as the Vangrel arrive from across the sea, the two struggling civilizations are forced into a fragile alliance to protect what they have built. So uh, it's a, it's a pretty interesting first issue in terms of setting up that first part. What I just said there in terms of like the humans and the orcs are very much on opposing sides and to see them have to team up is a really interesting idea. And I kind of love it. Uh, again, fans of like D and D fans of high fantasy will love this series. And I'm not even really a fan of all that. I will say I've never played D and D and I, you know, high fantasy is something that I dabble in here and there, but it's not like a major hobby of mine, but I will say the characterization by G Willow Wilson. And I think most impressively, the art by Christian wild goose is maybe one of the, it's one of the best looking comics out on the shelves right now. So once again, what are, are the orc lady? Huh? <laughs> You know what, Aaron, I'll tell you what, I will let you get it and you can tell me because okay. I, I don't yuck anyone's yum. I will say that from my perspective, no, but you might find some things to love. I'll say snoo that. Snoo. A little snoo snoo. Little snoo, snoo. Yes. Yes. No. No. Ooh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> was, uh, what is that? Is that a um, drama? Futurama. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Uh, all right. But that'll do it for Christmas Corner. Once again, that is The Hunger in the Dust. Number one from IDW, written by G. Willow Wilson, illustrated by Christian Wild Goose Aaron. That will do it for episode 127, and that will do it for News of Palooza 2023. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hop right back on that interview train going into one, episode 128. We're not sure who it's gonna be yet, but it is gonna be an interview, <laughs> and uh, we're very excited by that prospect. So uh, that'll do it. And uh, actually, no, that is a lie, Aaron, because I think for episode 128. I think we decided that we're going to do our very first installment of the Midnight Rewind. Midnight Rewind. Yes, exactly. So, uh, Aaron, what, will you tell the people really quickly what the Midnight Rewind is? So Midnight Rewind, for those that aren't in the know, is we're going to go back and we're going to watch some of the best anime films of all time. And it's been a blind spot for us. It, it has not. Well, so it has been one for the show. For the show. Yeah. Um, I we've both like really been getting into anime. Yeah. I've I've loved you know. anime since I was a young child. Chris, I believe, has, but it's not something that we've ever really talked about or really like right. put a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of interest for the show into. But we mm-hmm. we I I suggested and Chris agreed that we needed to bring this medium of art, of cinema, of just music, of adventure, of magic into you know, welcome it into the oblivion bar, pull, you know, pull a seat up for it to the bar. And, and there's a spot for you know, anime at the bar for, an, there's a spot for anime at the bar. And the first movie that we are going to be reviewing and talking about is princess Mononoke by studio Ghibli hmm. and a personal favorite of mine, a uh, one I've watched many times. And am I wrong, Chris, to say that we're going to have a special guest there yes, to we're going to be joined. Us? Yeah. Joined by the wonderful Katie Pierce, who we had on the show not too long ago. If you guys go back and look at our previous interviews, Katie Pierce, of course, G Fuel partner, Twitch partner, uh, one of the best Sea of Thieves players in the world. And we had such a fun time talking to her during that episode that we we invited her to come and join us for every Midnight Rewind. So we're going to try this first one out. If she loves it and if we love it, we're going to keep it rolling. 
uh, we want to we want to bring her on. We just we had so much fun yeah. talking to her that we thought this would be a fun but segment if, to if she's, her on. If she's not fun, we're just gonna we're gonna kick her right the fuck off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and we're gonna yeah, tell her for that. sure. I'll tell that to her fucking face. Yep, and we're gonna tell her <laughs> it's because she's a woman. Is that gonna do it? Was that the one that, that, that we're gonna, are we canceled? That was the one. Okay, good. All right, we're at the end. <laughs> perfect Aaron take us out of the show <laughs> god damn it subscribe to our podcast we Apple love you Katie and we love Spotify, women Google I'm podcast, sorry and Pandora Amazon Music iHeartRadio wherever you listen to your podcasts that's where we are thank you to our patrons Alex Alice Aaron Casty, Chrissy David George Greg Haley Brad JKH JKS Jason Jeremy Kyle Losey Miles Mike Robert Smasher Travis and Brad and Lisa for <laughs> couples counseling <sighs> Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Blue Sky, and X. Or if you want to call it Twitter, it's Twitter. At Oblivion Bar Pod. Thank you, Whatnot, for sponsoring our news and notes segment. Check out the referral link in our show notes and follow us over on Whatnot, Oblivion Bar Pod. Thank you, Omnibus, for sponsoring the show. Use the link in our show notes to upgrade how you read comic books digitally. Official merch of the show can be found on our website, www.oblivionbarpodcast.com. Thank you, Kevin Ziegler, for all of our Oblivion Bar art. He's at the Ziggs on Instagram. Thank you, Dream Kid, for all of our Oblivion Bar musical themes. DJ Skyvac for our grid themes. And Fantasy Shop for sponsoring the show. You are dad. Do not forget to tip your bartenders 20% or more, or the Cthulhu will come after you. Yep, that's right. And I also, I just figured I, I would point this out because we've been doing it for a while. I'm not sure why Aaron always tries to do that in one breath, but it's always entertaining. So keep doing you, boo-boo. <laughs> I don't know why either. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> if it's it's just an impulse. It's, it's an impulse you have, and I like it. I am, it's very lizard brain. I'm very it. impulse driven. I know that. Okay. You know what? Uh, I know that as well. And <laughs> on that note, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for episode 127, News of Palooza, 2023. Woo! Uh, <laughs> we will see you for whatever we're doing for episode 128. <laughs>